All right. So here we are. We're all awake. For the most part, that's good. Um, Kids, you're dismissed to Children's Church. I see you already figured that out for the most part. Cool. Welcome to Bethany. My name is Matt. I am not Tom. Tom was the guy up here giving the announcements. Uh, We don't tell you when I'm preaching so that you think you're coming to get Tom, and then you show up and we have tricked you, but that's how we do things here. We're tricky like that, but uh, we're happy to have you all here. I'm just excited about where God may take us this morning and what he has to say to us. Um, Just as a heads up on this message, this don't be surprised if you find yourself sitting there saying the word duh a lot, and I know that, because we're basically just going to talk about the gospel today, and how it affects God's kingdom, and I know a lot of times, uh, at least in me, and, I, and, and I'm assuming there's more people in here like me, probably not actually, but uh, in that sense, and, and where we hear the gospel repeatedly, and this really dangerous, scary thing happens where all of a sudden, it's like we know it, and we get bored with it, and that's really scary. Martin Luther has a gr- great quote where his people came to him because he preached the gospel every single week, every single week, and, and, and out of the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and he just preached the same story every week for years, and his people came to him, and they said, Pastor, we're, we're tired of hearing it, and he said, until we have people that start looking like people who know the gospel, I will not quit preaching it every single week. And including myself, and I speak for, for our church as, as a whole, we have a long way to go. And that's an okay thing. That's an okay thing. N- nobody here is arrived. If, if, if you're new here, there are no perfect people sitting next to you. And if they are, they're definitely not because they're lying. Okay? It's just how it is. But like Tom said a few weeks ago, he said, it's okay to not be okay But it's not okay to stay there. Does that make sense? It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay there. We're progressively moving forward with the gospel, with Jesus, and what he wants to do in his kingdom. So let's pray before we do this. Lord God, uh, I thank you for your fear that you've put on my heart. And God, I just pray that right now as, as, as I bring a message from your word that your Holy Spirit will be ever-present in this room through the words that I'm saying, God. If any of this is coming from my own wants, opinions, or anything, I just ask that you remove that and replace that with you. I'm way too imperfect to be bringing this, God, but you have chosen heralds to stand up and deliver your message, and I'm so thankful that you've chosen to use me today and, and God, just help me not to mess it up. Help me to get out of the way if I need to. God, I pray for the hearts of the people in this room right now, that we will be open and ready to receive your message. God, I pray for those who don't know you in in a revitalizing, loving, saving grace that you've given me. I, I pray that you'll be working on their hearts as we go. God, I pray that all of us will just have a repentant heart, but also a heart that just oozes out love. Pray for forgiveness. God, forgive me of my righteousness that I think I have. And uh, God, just do a mighty work in this place today. 
In your name I pray. Amen. All right. So I had this friend growing up in high school, um, and I'm sure there's probably a couple of you in here, and I'm not intentionally making... Well, I, I make fun of people all the time. It's just, it's my spiritual gift. But I had this friend in high school, and he was just good at everything. Everything. It was so annoying. His dad worked for Hillrom. I don't know if you guys know if they ever make, like, medical supplies and stuff. And he was the inventor of the burn patient bed. And by the time they were, like, nine years old, each one of his brothers and sisters had all made their own computer. And then they were better at everybody than at sports. And they're better looking than anybody else I knew. Did not like this kid. But he was my best friend. And, uh, you know, you got to surround yourself with those people, right? Yeah, so, so surround yourself with them because they're going to make you look better than you, what you are. That's why I married Ari. But, <laughs> but, 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 but this guy was just so good at everything. I remember we, we played baseball together. Baseball is one of my favorite sports. I love it. Uh, Cincinnati, the original baseball town, is where I'm from. In case you didn't know that, Cincinnati Reds, the first Major League Baseball team ever, the only undefeated Major League Baseball team ever. That's because there was no other professional teams, and they just went around and beat the tar out of a bunch of farm league teams all over the country. But nonetheless, they were undefeated for a whole year. Love it. Baseball is my sport. I love it. And and, and I studied the game. I was so into it. Uh, I I practiced every day. In my garage, I had this thing where I'd take softballs and I'd soak them in water in a bucket and I'd go out and I'd just throw them to get arm strength. And I just worked on this and worked on this. My buddy Danny shows up and he's like, I'm thinking about playing baseball with you this year. I'm like, you've never played baseball in your life. He's like, I don't know. Dude took my spot. (laughs) First day of practice. I'm on the bench. I couldn't believe it. But here's why I'm telling you this story. My buddy, and, and I actually pray that he listens to this podcast, um, and, and you have to understand our relationship, and he wouldn't be hurt by me saying this, but he was the biggest waste of talent I ever knew. Um, last time I heard, he was in prison for dealing drugs. Um, and same with a bunch of my friends that I grew up with. And, and, and Danny never finished. I mean, I always got my spot back because he wouldn't finish. He, he had all the talent in the world. He had money on his side. His parents were very wealthy, and he could have gone to any school he really wanted to, but he didn't have grades to go anywhere because he never applied himself in anything. He could have played pretty much any sport, I guarantee it, in college. If he just would have picked one and said, I want to play this in college, he could have done it. I mean... Seriously, the sky was the limit for him. I I have never known anybody that gifted at just everything. And he didn't use it. I mean, we see this all around us, right, in pop culture. Uh, Anybody follow NFL? Michael Vick, right? All the talent in the world. It's like fighting dogs in his backyard and ends up in prison. (laughs) This is just crazy that people do this. But, but here's what I want to submit to you this morning. Is that the power that you have in Jesus Christ is greater than anything, any talent, any giftedness, anything else you could ever imagine that this world could offer you. Any athlete, anything. 
And I'm not sure if Jesus' church understands that because I don't see the metaphysical happenings, the kingdom-building attitude, the mental toughness to withstand suffering. I don't see all the things I see the apostles doing in the church as a whole. Now, that's a broad generalization. There are churches doing it, and there's people here doing it. If you're looking around and you can't find Mike Perman, it's because he's in the mission field. He couldn't sit still. And now that calling is not on everybody, and I understand that. But there are people doing it. So don't, don't take this as I'm saying, we all stink, and we don't understand this at all. But, but I always think we can understand it a little bit better. With that said, we're studying the book of Acts currently, verse by verse. Holy Spirit Unleashed, right? That's been the title. We're at the beginning of chapter 3. Tom, how many weeks have we been in this? 11. 11? 11 weeks and we just hit chapter 3. We stopped giving it parts just because we just give them like mini-series once we get to a new chunk. We have no idea when we're going to come out of this thing, but it's an okay thing. And what have we done so far? What have we gone through so far? I'm just going to give you a rundown, and, and this isn't comprehensive by any means, This is just a general, what we've gone over so far in this series. And I'm going to give you some verses that support it. So if you're taking notes, you can write these down. Uh, We've got ascending from Jesus. He comes and he says what? He says, I'm going to send you. I'm going to send you out. I'm going to send you here to Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, right? Acts 1.8. We have the ascension of Jesus, which by the way there, he also tells him to wait for the Holy Spirit. But then we have the ascension of Jesus, kind of a big deal. One of my favorite stories in the Bible, side note, I, I, I love, we, we always wonder why it's so hard for people to believe. I don't know if you've ever read that story, but there's, it says like, Jesus ascends into heaven and some still don't believe. It's like, I got this cousin that can do that. I've seen that before. I know, it's... <laughs> side note, I just always thought that was interesting. If I saw Jesus go, and go into the clouds, and I'd be like, I'm in. I think I would, but apparently some weren't. That's Acts 1-9. Then we have the falling of the Holy Spirit on God's people. Acts 2, 1 through 4. I mean, it's more than that, but that's a general area. Then we have the birth of the church. Acts 2, 42 through 47. Tom talked about that last week. What can, if you were here last week... Um, I got a gut shot on that one. Wind knocked out of me a little bit. Pretty humbling. Don't forget it if you didn't hear it. You need to go listen to it on the website. I strongly encourage that. So where are we now? So, so, so what happens next? What happens next in this great story? What happens next? So now people know Jesus. They're coming to Christ. The Holy Spirit's on them. The church is growing, right? It says there's... 3,000, and then there's more added to their number daily. You guys remember that from last week? You can nod, let me know you're awake. Okay, good job. I got to bed at 3.15. You've fallen asleep. I'm going to bust you today. <laughs> so what do they do, right? They, 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 they get comfortable, and, and they have their traditions, and they hang out with each other. and they're, Man, we're, we're like over 3,000 people. We're good. That's, well, we're in the top 1% of biggest churches in the country. 
we're good. I mean, people are selling stuff. They're giving to each other. I'm taking care of. Are you taking care of? No, that didn't happen at all. Not a bit, right? Not a bit. What what, what happens next? And and let's just read it. Let's just read it because we're in Acts chapter 3. Verse 1. I'm just going to read this whole chunk to you, and then we're going to go through it. And as Tom likes to say, unpack it. I just always want to ask him, when are we going to get to like that the dirty underwear part? I've been doing a lot of unpacking lately. I've been living out of a bag for about three weeks now. I'm really tired of packing. But anyways, let's dive into this. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer. The ninth hour. It's about three o'clock. And a man, lame from birth, was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms, and Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. As he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them, but Peter said, I have no silver and gold. But what I do have to give you, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them. Walking and leaping, praising God. Let's stop there for a second. This is really neat. In case you're wondering whether the Old Testament and New Testament are linked, they really are. They really are. Check this out. What, 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 hap- what just happened here? This guy got healed, and what did he do? He started leaping and jumping. And when we look in Isaiah, which is in the Old Testament, you can bring that up, Ryan. Maybe. Isaiah 35, 6. This is talking about after Christ co- comes. It says what? It says, Then shall the lame man leap like a deer. Isn't that cool? I mean, I don't know if anybody else just thinks that's really Cool. This was, just letting you know, this wasn't like, oh, Isaiah was written the day before. We're talking a long time. Thousands of years here. And there it's just directly linked. What else do we see in this? What we see in here, it says what? That Peter reaches down and, and, and extends his right hand to him as he had seen his Savior do so many times before him. He's imitating Jesus. He reaches down and he lifts him up and this man leaps. Do you see the narrative going on here, the story on how all of this is linked? I, don't, I get really excited about this. Just Okay, this isn't in the notes. Just so you know, when you read this book, when you read your Bible, it's not just, it's not just read chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, and we go home. This is a consistent story. God had a plan throughout this whole entire thing, and it's continued today. And, and you can find the thread that goes in and out throughout this whole entire thing. And God's sovereignty is made just so obvious through his word. That's one of the reasons we love the Bible so much here. The story of Jesus is proclaimed from the beginning to the end. Throughout the Bible, it's just weaved in there. 
I challenge you in your personal study time to try to find Jesus in the Old Testament. He's there. Try to find the Holy Spirit. Try to find the Trinity. Try to find the linking that goes on. It'll blow your mind. That was a rant. So what did they do? They didn't huddle up. They didn't circle the wagons and say, we have a good-sized group. We're, we're all having fun. We all enjoy each other now. Let's keep reading. So after he gets healed, let's go to verse 9. And all the, uh, let's, go at, let's just start verse 8. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognizing him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now, just some understanding about this. The, I, I just got to study and just dive into this passage. And there's some really neat things happening here. It, it, the story implies that this guy sat here every day. Peter had been to the temple before. Peter had walked by this man, I bet, before. That's an assumption that I don't think is a biblical stretch. I don't think that's a, that's a wrong thing to think. If it says he's there all the time, and we know Peter has gone to the temple before, that he'd seen this man before, but today was different. Today was different. Now, here's the tough thing with this passage. I could give you a three-point biblical message on how to be like a disciple or like the apostles i could talk about he saw he did and people came to know but i think you know that i think you know that so i want to focus on one part here and and, and i understand fully that i am not giving the whole thing the time that it needs but that's why you have your own bible so you can study it more what i want to focus on is found in verse 6 acts chapter 3 verse 6 peter said I have no silver and no gold, but what I do have, I give to you. This is the part I want us to focus on. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. In the name of Jesus In the name of Jesus, a man who couldn't walk could all of a sudden. Let me just say that again because I've read this a lot. And I don't know if it always sunk in on me. He spoke the name of God and a person who couldn't walk could stand up and walk. That is crazy. Does anybody else, I mean, you guys are looking at me like a deer in the headlights. Like I, I, like, I know I haven't been to Bible school. I haven't been to seminary. You're looking at me like, this guy's telling me a bunch of junk that I know. You, 
He stood up and walked. Does your heart leap? Do you want to clap? Do you want to do that? Does, does something burn inside that just goes, what just happened? I want to do that. Or, or, or are we so linear in her thinking that this is just something that happened then to prove this but then yet again we'll say things all the time in the church right like god is the same god today as he was yesterday but we don't act like it at all see this is the tough message this is the one that for whatever reason god's like you're gonna give this one you're gonna tell your people today that guess what they have the ability to heal people I know I'm in a Baptist church and that scares some of us to death. I understand that. But I don't care about your denomination if it gets in the way of the mandate God has put on his church. I don't care. And neither does Tom and neither do our elders. It's not a leap. And Steve got up and he spoke about worship to the West. And, and, and I say this all the time. If the grown-up church could act a whole lot more like a youth ministry, I think we'd do a whole lot more. They're just willing. Great example. Last Sunday, Ryan McBride, one of our worship candidates, led worship at, at our youth service we have on Sunday nights, and, and he did a song that they didn't know. You would, ha- you would not have any idea. They just went for it. They were all over the place. They sounded horrible. <laughs> they just went for it. They, they, they didn't, that, that thing didn't click like, oh, I don't know this one. I said, man, we're, we're glorifying God. That's all that they knew. In the same way. Now, I want to be careful here. I want to do the word of God justice and the understanding that not all of us are going to have. I'm not saying I want every single person in here to go around and just be like, be healed and like start people dropping on the floor. Now, but if you can, do it. Okay? A lot of times we'll, we'll, we'll cop out of those kinds of things, right? If you get, have, the Bible's very clear. If you have the gift of healing, go heal somebody. If you have the gift of prophecy, prophesy. If you have the gift to teach, teach. If you have the gift of exhortation, exhort. There's a lot of them. You can read about it. It's in Romans. Talk to me. I'll help you find it if you don't know where it is. I think a lot of times we'll take these spiritual gifts, we'll take these things that flat out, let's just be honest. Can we be honest about this? Healing people is a weird thing. Prophecy is a weird thing. Speaking in tongues, oh, don't stone me yet, <laughs> is a weird thing. But they're in the Bible, folks. When are we going to be honest about them? Because this is how the church grew, right? It's how it, it blew up because people use their spiritual gifts. I am so off topic right now. I don't even know where I am. I thought we were going to be quick, and we're not. It's already time to stop. Okay, Tom. Keep on going. 
just so you do know, in Tom's defense, I usually go a little bit longer than Tom. I make fun of him a lot about it, but in his defense, I go longer than him. Didn't see that one coming. We are armed with the gospel of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 4. Let's read them. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with scriptures. Death to life. You serve a God who conquered the grave. Who defeats death every day. It is not his hobby. It is his job. And he rocks at it. He just dominates people when it comes to this. How many people sitting in here right right now, today, would say, man, if God didn't come and pick me up and bring me to life, I'd be a wreck. Do you know that? I mean, you may know it. It might be here, but is it here? Is it when you go out of here? I heard this, and I'm not, I don't want to be that guy who goes to a conference and comes back and is like, guess what I heard, and tells everybody all these things. And it kind of applies to us is we caught a lot of flack when we canceled Sunday school, and we didn't do it intentionally. It wasn't like we hate Sunday school or anything. We just didn't have anybody to teach it and the timing, logistics. But something else that it did was, guess what? You can bring somebody here now. It makes it a little bit easier. So maybe instead of going, man, we don't have Sunday school, maybe your neighbor needs some, a little bit of evangelism and needs to be brought to church. And again, I don't want to knock on Sunday school. We're not opposed to it. We're actually trying to bring it back. When you're armed with the gospel and you understand that here and here, crazy things start to happen. Let's see what Paul does. This is just crazy. Philippians chapter 1, verse 12 through 18. I'm just going to flip there myself. Chapter 1. Did I say 12? Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 18. I want you brothers... I can't read. I want you to know, brothers... That what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Catch that. Has served to advance what? Say it with me. You can say it. To advance the gospel. So that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Paul is nuts. You try to kill him, he gets up. There's stories. I mean, the guy's crazy. What, what, what happens, right? He comes in preaching the word of God, bring, proclaiming the gospel to the people. They hit him in the face with rocks. Repeatedly, 
They drag him outside of the city because they think he's dead and leave him in a ditch to bleed out. And he gets up and goes back in and preaches some more. Anybody want that job? You got it. It's not meant to be a joke. He's in prison and they're like, well, we're going to lock you up because you won't stop proclaiming the gospel to the people. And he goes, you, can, you better not chain anybody up next to me because I'm going to teach it to them. And then I'm going to teach them how to teach it to the person next to them. And the whole entire prison now is praising the name of Jesus. You can't stop it. You can get in its way. You can be a speed bump, and, and my prayer for you and me is that we are not in the way of the gospel going forward. It's some dangerous ground, and God will handle us when we do that. I don't know what that totally looks like, but I'm scared of it, and I don't want to be in the way. I hope you don't either. May we be a people here in this church and in this community, and, and maybe, because I understand we have summer people here, or people visiting here, one, one of the huge blessings that we have is when college is in, all of the college students, I know some of you guys are still here, and that's great, and we love having you, but, did, but we're like a missionary planting center. Do you understand that? Because then we bring in summer people, and we get to work with you, and then you get to go somewhere else. This church will proclaim the gospel through its people question is do you want to be part of it almost done kind of don't worry i'm not gonna do the tom one more thing keep going i love you you just dropped your bible not only did they go out not only did they go out saying in the name of jesus they understood that they were going out in power. Acts 1.8, we've already read it in this series, right? What's it say, Acts 1.8? But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. We studied this already, right? We studied this under, when we studied the Holy Spirit in depth. We said what? How did Jesus do what he did? Yes, he was 100% God and he was 100% man put together. How did he live a sinless life? By the power of who? For the glorification of God. It's a very clear picture of the Trinity. Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit to go out to bring his Father glory. He went out in massive power. Are you? The apostles did it. People all over the world are doing it now. We have a friend, uh, her name's Allie Page, a bunch of you guys know this, and she just got back from, was it 11 months? She's traveled the world, and just went to, she was in an airport somewhere, and the government got overthrown, and she got stuck there, and she was, just crazy stories, I mean, just insane stories from all over the world. I just talked to her, and, and 
you can just see the power of the gospel coming out of her. And, and she's just like, oh, somebody needs to be healed? Well, we should try to heal them. Somebody needs a word? Somebody needs a word of encouragement? Somebody needs to be exhorted? Let's let the Holy Spirit lead in that, and let's do it. We were on our trip. I threw it my back a few weeks ago, and I was playing golf. It wasn't that cool. I was, like, lifting really heavy things. Yeah, the only thing heavy I lift is my study Bible. But uh, my back hurt. And I just told people, I said, told the leadership, I said, hey, I'm really hurting. I really want to avoid taking like painkillers or muscle relaxers around a bunch of high school kids. I mean, they can recognize that junk. It's like, you're messed up. They're going to take advantage of you. Eagles. More like vultures, I guess, but I love them. And they can just swoop in and just take over. But I I understood that my back hurt, and I just told everybody, I was like, hey, pray for me in this. And and, and I just kind of said that nonchalantly. And one of the guys on the trip was like, oh, okay. I want to heal you. It still hurt. But what if? What if the culture that our church existed in, that was normal? Right? You you hurt? We're going to pray for you and lift you up until you're healed. And and, and you know what's wild? Is we act like, and, and I'm sure some of us in here are skeptical of this currently, and maybe a little afraid, But here's the bottom line. Just recently, a man's son in our church who had cancer got healed. By people coming on Wednesday night, hitting their knees and praying, healing over him. Why does it have to stop there? Why is it just this one guy? What do you got? Why'd they do it? This is key. We don't know why we're going to do this. We're just doing it and we'll get it wrong. If we're just doing it because, I mean, come on, seriously. If you couldn't just roll up on somebody and heal them, wouldn't you do it? <laughs> but we see in the Bible people who don't know why they're doing it and are just doing it for the heck of it. Demons come out of them and beat the pants off of them. That's in the Bible. These guys try to cast out demons and they say, we know who Jesus is. We don't know who you are. We know, we know who Paul is. We don't know you. And they come out and they beat him up. We have to know why we do this. One of my favorite <laughs> scriptures, and this scripture has just saturated my heart of late. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn there. I want you to mark it. It's First John. 410. You're allowed to write in these, by the way. I remember when somebody told me that for the first time. I can write in this? Do it. Mark it up. 1 John chapter 4, verse 10. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. 
Not that we loved him. Because even at our best, best, best attempts, it's not good enough. This is salvation by grace. God loves you. Let's understand this. This verse is actually one of the reasons we switched over to the ESV, the English Standard Version, because if you have an NIV, it says atonement, I believe. This word means the wrath of God was diverted from you because of Jesus. That he hates sin. He doesn't like it. That we deserve death. And when Jesus died, everything we deserved, the wrath of God, and, and, and grab this, if you, especially if you weren't here on Good Friday and Easter, grab this because this is key to our faith. That everything we deserved was hanging up on the cross. And the wrath that God had for that, and, and I know words like wrath are scary and we don't like to hear, but the Old Testament says it 602 times. But instead, and people say, that's not a loving God, but listen, listen, listen to me. If you're stuck there, grab this, okay? Pay attention. Grab this. Because I, I made this mistake one time. I didn't clearly explain this enough, and I still have people mad at me. Grab this, that, that God loved us. And in the wrath that was going to fall on you, he couldn't stand it. So he sent his son, and he poured it out. Is the terminology the Bible uses. He pours it on Jesus on the cross, so you don't have to take it. That is love. No other God and no other religion has ever even claimed to make a sacrifice like that. It's why he is so worthy of our worship. Do you, I mean, if, if you just let this sink in through our, at least my thick skull and let it just saturate in, our response then is not religion. It is not a list of rules that we do or that we try to heal people or do these things because the Bible says so. We do them because of His great love for you. His love already exists. That's why we do it. It's not so that He will love you. It's because He already does. I want to read this verse again. 1 John 4.10 In this is love. This is love. No matter what anybody will tell you, this is love. Not that we loved God. (laughs) Let's stop pretending like we're righteous. But that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. He loved us. He loves you. Ultimately, after this story, Acts 3, 1 through 10, you know what the healing does? And Tom's going to be teaching on this next week. You can read ahead. 
I won't give it all away. I won't steal the stuff, but it, it leads to him preaching, the word of God going forward, more people getting saved, but don't skip this part. He goes to prison. It's not easy. Don't buy the lie that it's going to be easy because it won't be. Okay, what did we just talk about? We just talked about that you have the gospel. That you have the ability, if you proclaim Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and that you love him and that you accept his death and resurrection, it's true. His ascension into heaven, that he is seated on the right hand of God in glory currently. That he has set you free from all sin and all bondage. He lived the perfect life. He was our, yes, example, but also our God. He's worthy of worship. If you accept that, you have the ability right now to go out and say, in the name of Jesus. And it will go forward. It can heal. It can love. It can mend. It can rebuke. Ultimately, what it, it can love, right? It can do that. I want to challenge our people sitting here today to not be passive in this. To actively... Do you guys ever get that feeling? I get it all the time in worship because I'm kind of... I'm a, I'm, I think I'm a dude's dude, even though I don't really, I, I couldn't fix anything. I don't even know how to change my own oil, so I guess I'm really not. I'm a faker. I like to watch fighting on TV. I guess that's the only thing I got going for me, and I can grow a big beard. So that's about it. But it's really hard for me to just do what the Holy Spirit's calling me to do. Has he ever called you when somebody's just like, man, I'm hurting, to be like, can I pray for you? But you stand back, but what if they're weirded out? Or, like me, has the name of Jesus obviously needed to be proclaimed in an area, but we know the response will not be good. So we don't. Today I want to set you free from that and that you understand all authority comes under that name in heaven and on earth. We close with this and then we're going to take Lord's Supper. John the Baptist, he came proclaiming what? The kingdom of God is near. Well, church, guess what? The kingdom of God is here. Are you in it? Are you an active participant in the kingdom of God? Or are you standing outside of the walls still wondering if you're going to go in? I want to pray for us. And, and we're going to do this a little differently because we are going to take communion here in a second. Or Lord's Supper, whatever denomination. you I've heard it. and Don't call it communion. Or it's Lord's Supper here. Whatever. 
I want to give a warning before we do this. This is a really sacred thing for us. That this bread that we're about ready to eat represents the body of Jesus that was broken and beaten and bloodied. So when we break it off, that's one of the reasons we have these loaves. And rip it out. I encourage you, if you are a believer, when you rip it, that it hurts a little bit. And that our juice, it represents the blood of Jesus that was spilled for what? For the remission of sins. If you don't belong to him, and I know people don't like using those terminologies, saved or not saved. If you don't claim that Jesus is Lord and Savior and God, then you're not saved, okay? I'm not trying to be offensive in that. You're just not. We want you to be. I'll just say it. If you want to take the Lord's Supper for the first time today and actually mean it, I mean, I, I, I bet even his non-Christians, I, I, I did it before I became a Christian. I took it without knowing what it is, but if, if, if you're not ready, or even if you are a Christian and your heart's not right, don't partake. This is serious business. But if you want to take it, and especially for the first time for real, Tom and I will be up here. I'm going to pray with you beforehand. The, the, the Bible talks about those who follow me will not be ashamed of my name. Don't be ashamed to come up here and say, I want to do this for real. Some of you are sitting there and it's probably just weighing on you. This God just sounds crazy. I remember sitting there. I remember looking at my current times girlfriend's grandma who was staring at me because she hated me and I was too afraid to get out of the row. And I used that as my excuse to not believe in Jesus on that day. I encourage you to not let any obstacle, if you got to plow through a row, you do it. So let me pray. And then when I'm done, feel free to come up and take it when you're ready. We're going we're to have a little just time where some music's going to be playing. If you come up and you take it, you can take it as a family, you can take it with friends. Pray for each other. And then we're going to sing a song. And when that's done, I'll let the band come down and it might be awkwardly quiet or whatever. But I, I ask you that if you're leaving, don't have the whole conversation that you want to have with the person and hear. Leave this place just quiet for people who need it. We don't have another service. We don't have anything going on. You can stay here as long as you want. Don't rush out. Let me pray. Father God, Oh, man. I pray that anything that I've said that was just not of you, that you just erase it from people's minds and, and forgive me if anything I said was wrong. God, let us be a people who proclaim the gospel fearlessly. God, I speak, I, I speak for myself today. This is so scary for me to pray. But I want to suffer for you more. I want to do it for real. I don't want it to be a game. I pray for these people in here that that would be their heart because that's the heart of the people in the Bible. 
Let everything we do ultimately be to lift your name on high, to bring glory to you. God, I pray for those right now who are just struggling with their faith or don't know where they are, or even if they even believe in Jesus, that today will be the day they will submit to your authority, but also not just submitting to an authority that's mean or anything like that, but that loves them so much that he gave himself up for them. I pray that no matter what it looks like, that there'll be nothing that will stand in their way of actively pursuing you. God, and I pray for the believers in here that we will continue to work out our faith in fear and trembling like your word says. Just a way that our community will never look the same after today. Don't you dare let any of us leave here the same as when we came in. Do work, God. In your name I pray, amen. Take this time to repent, to love on him, and take communion whenever you're ready.